Yeah, we'll get right into it. How we how we doing? Having the having the man of the hour back on the podcast. I think it's the fourth time. Um, how you been, Doogie? I'm doing well. No complaints, right? Even if I had something to complain about, who the heck's going to listen? Well, we li- <laughs> we listen to you. I, I aren't maybe you guys would? Who knows? Maybe I'd have to pay you. But yeah, no. Otherwise, things are good. Busy time of the year, but in a good way, right? Yeah. Even with hockey ramping up tomorrow. Not that I'm a big part of our Wilds coverage tomorrow, but we just had a meeting about how we're approaching tomorrow. I'm actually taking a few days off early next week. My kids don't have school all next week with MEA, but then conferences are on the front end. So we're actually taking them up to the North Shore for a few days. So I'm going to miss the Wolves home opener. That's all right. There's plenty of Wolves games for me to get to, and I know what the heck's going on. I can watch on TV. But, yeah, fun times. Lots going on. Well, yeah, I think we should jump into the first question. So, you know, every single year, um, whether it's when we get Jimmy Butler, uh, draft Anthony Edwards, everyone's saying, you know, this Wolves team's different. This year's going to be different. And now with the acquisition of Rudy Gobert, everyone's saying this year's going to be different. As someone who's been close to the team more than the average fan, um, why is this Wolves team going to be different this year? Or are they? Well, heck, if they're comparable to last year, that means 40-something wins more than 45, 46 last year, right? So. If it's close to last year, we would happily take it around here because the bar is so bleep and low, unfortunately. It's going to be different. And to me, I would bet the over on the Vegas over-under of, I haven't looked in the last 24 hours. I know it's fluctuated a bit. What, 48 and a half wins, 49 and a half wins. Even if it's 49 and a half, I would go over. I think they win 50, 51. I'm not suggesting 57 or 58, but... I think Rudy Gobert is that much of a difference maker. I do believe they are going to need some time to figure things out, especially with, you know, like tonight's game, Gobert isn't playing. My understanding was going back a few days, they thought they would get Gobert and Cat together tonight, then on Friday. Well, it turns out, you know, Gobert, he'll be okay. He's going to be okay for Friday. He'll be okay for next week. But it turns out he can use a little bit more rest. I don't know if you noticed the last time he played, he was wearing a knee brace. Now, he's worn a knee brace in the past. But, like, you think about Eurobasket, the wear and tear, that is a high-intense tournament, right? And so France making it all the way to the championship game, he played a lot of high-level basketball throughout September, really, until he got here for training camp and had to scale things back down. But he'll be okay for next week. But – I know Chris Finch was like really hoping to have Cat and Gobert together tonight and on Friday. So they will only have that one opportunity on Friday night to have those two guys play off of each other in an actual game instead of practice. So undoubtedly, it's going to take some time, especially that twosome, how they play off of each other. Now, they're going to be off the court, you know, one or the other many many minutes like they're going to start the game okay so for the first seven eight ish minutes those two will be on the court certainly in the clutch the final four minutes three minutes whatever it is five minutes but they're going to be good chunks of the game second quarter you know middle of the third quarter late third quarter where one of those guys is off the floor but they need to learn how to coexist interact it's going to take some time but you look at that schedule okc San Antonio three times, Utah. Like, these are teams that, to me, are going to tank. Now, maybe not the first month or so, but, like, those teams are aiming for the number one pick. 
and I can't fault them after watching the seven foot five Frenchman <laughs> right on ESPN two last week. I would be tanking too if I know I'm not a playing team like Utah, OKC, San Antonio. I have every incentive to lose to give myself that 14% chance, the maximum chance I can I can get by losing as many games as possible. I want the 14% chance, not the 9%, not the 6%. Give me the 14% chance. I just I want the best chance possible at that seven foot five Frenchman. But like what I'm getting at is Cat and Gobert can overcome some of those warts, some of those hiccups and still like win these games early. So like if it was a tougher start to the schedule, I might pause a little bit on 49 and a half. But because the schedule is so favorable early to me. I think they win minimum 50, but like there are national media types. I'm going to catch up with Brian Windhorst at some point here later this week. I don't necessarily know where he stands. We've texted a little bit, but I haven't taken the temperature on him too much, but I saw John Hollinger, you know, former Memphis Grizzlies front office exec now writes for the athletic. Mm-hmm. He's got the wolves at 47 wins. I just don't know how you make an acquisition like Rudy Gobert and only go one win up from last year while maintaining Jaden McDaniels, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, the other moves like Kyle Anderson's going to play a lot. That is a really nice free agent addition. Brent Forbes is a nice free agent addition, especially in the minimum, right? Like, I just don't know how you make all those moves and only jump up one win. And I get it. You can make a case the Western Conference is better this year than it was last year. And it was really deep last year. So if you want to make a case that the schedule is that much tougher, fine. But I still think the Wolves absolutely jump up more than one win from last year when they won 46 games. Yeah, Darren, touching a little bit on Carl. Um, obviously, he had the medical scare, but last preseason game, um, I think he looked pretty good. He looked fine, but he still looks a little skinny. Is there is there any lingering concerns from the team going into the season here, going into the opener, that stamina might be an issue or he might not be able to play? Well, he'll be okay. He'll play. He'll absolutely play. But yes, there are some stamina concerns, right? Like he's not going to be the cat you're accustomed to seeing me, everybody, probably for a good two-ish, three-ish, four-ish weeks. I mean, I can't put an exact timetable, but, you know, if you're in contact with some Wolves people like I am, they'll tell you that it's going to take a little bit of time, right? Like he was... He was laid up for a while, right? And so he was already going to lose weight knowing he's going to play on the perimeter a lot more this year compared to last year, right? So there was already a plan in place going back, heck, going back to, you know, soon after the Memphis playoff loss, you know, weeks before the Rudy Gobert acquisition, the plan was, right? Like they wanted to acquire some beef. They didn't know if it would be Rudy, but they had talked to Cat right after last season. Hey, if we can... If we can come up with somebody, you know, we're okay with you playing the four. This was more maybe when Tim Connolly took over. I think Sachin would have been okay with Cap playing more of the five. But there were plans, you know, soon after, certainly soon after the Rudy Gobert acquisition. But even going back to, you know, I'm mixing up, you know, some of those weeks. It may not have been April 20th. It may have been more like May 25th or June 15th. But there were plans in place for Cat to lose some weight right so that was already a plan then they acquired Gobert then he knew he was going to play a lot of four so absolutely was going to lose more poundage but yeah like 
stamina wise, he's not going to be there, but thankfully he can go tonight. He can go Friday. So at that point he'll have played what three preseason games. They only played what six total. So playing half of the preseason games, you know, that's a plus and you're going to see him out in the court, like, and adrenaline's going to kick in too, right? Like come next Wednesday, right? Sell out crowd. They'll find a way, even if they have to give away a few tickets, like there's going to be uh, a legitimate buzz, a uh, legit energy in the building next Wednesday at target center. That'll carry him. I imagine he's going to end up playing, you know, 27, 28 minutes, maybe not 38, you know, maybe even 31 or 32. So we're talking maybe five, six minutes, something like that in that ballpark. Right. And so for him to get back to that 38, 39 ish minutes, hopefully he can avoid foul trouble, which he should guarding fours, not fives. That was an issue last year. But if we're thinking about Cat at 37, 38-ish minutes, I think that'll come more, you know, late October, early November, mid-November, because he still needs some time to get back into 100% game shape. So a couple years ago, when you first came on our podcast, I think it was two years ago, it was right when Anthony Edwards was drafted. You were, you, as I recall, you were pretty high on him right away from the, from the jump. Do you think he's going to make that uh, that third year jump that everyone talks about? And what are your uh, expectations for Ant this year? Yeah, you know what, Bass I remember that coming. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. He's a guy. On a prediction, some of those predictions that I've been wrong on, you know, like they're way out of my they're way out of my brain. You might also recall Peyton. I was big on James Wiseman. Yeah, you were. <laughs> in that moment to shift cat to the four full time, bring in James Wiseman and go. Big I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring that up. I didn't want to recall that for you. Well, I'm bringing it up because I watched some of Wiseman the other night against Portland. Good. Like, he looks legit. The key is like, he just, he needs to maintain his health. All right. right? So able to get on the court, stay on the court. I still think James Wiseman is a really good player and it helps. Admittedly, it helps to play for the golden state warriors. Right. I don't right. know if Gene Wiseman looks as good if he's playing for, you know, you name the franchise that's not the Golden State Warriors, right? But I was interested in the time in doing that 4-5 pairing of Cat moving to the four, drafting Wiseman. But, yes, I had heard all sorts of good things from Ryan Saunders, from others about, you know, Anthony Edwards, the sort of ceiling that he has. So, yeah, Pete, I think, I think there's another leap, right? Like, I think you can get to the free throw line more. I think he can become a better finisher at the rim, which we've seen already, by the way, this preseason. He's finishing really well at the rim. Go back and watch Sunday's game against the Clippers. I thought he finished multiple times, including with the left hand oh, yeah. at the rim, better than a lot of the times that I saw last year. He can also become a better defender. Like, I think, you know, Zach Lois said this. I'm with Zach on this. You know, he's got third team, all defensive type potential. Maybe not first team, maybe not even second team, but. Like, he can be one of the 15 best defensive players in the league. I don't know if it happens this year. In fact, I wouldn't bet on it happening this year, although I think his steal numbers will continue to climb if thinking about fantasy basketball with some people having some drafts in the next few days. Like, I think – and he was pretty good steals-wise last year, but I think the steal numbers can still take another jump up. But, yeah, like, I think he's going to have a wonderful year. He's going to be on the court a lot with Cat. So when you see – you know, cat come out, you may see ant coming out at times. The idea is to maximize D low with go bear ant with cat. 
And again, like for the first seven or eight minutes of the game, yes, all four are going to be on the court. For the final, whatever, five, six, seven, four minutes, whatever it is at the end of a game, when it's close, all four guys are going to be on the court. To start the third quarter, all four guys are going to be on the court. It's just those other instances during the game when you start to divvy up 48 minutes and how guys are going to play and come out that you're going to see Ant with Cat a lot. So I think you'll see Ant have excellent chemistry with Cat. Those two can play off of each other very, very well. So I got I to gotta ask about another guy who's kind of expected to make that big leap, and I know he's your guy. Um, is there any potential that a Jalen Noel contract gets hammered out during the season, or is that most likely an off-season discussion or free agency? Yeah, Chris, the latter. Right. I mean, they tried. So in June, you know, I've, I've said this, so I have no problem spewing it right now. They offered Jalen three years, nine million. So going back to June, three years, nine million. That was turned down. The Wolves then said, okay, we'll add another year. We'll bump up the money ever so slightly. Here's a four-year offer, $13 million. He said no. And it wasn't a hard decision for him to say no. And since then, there, there hasn't been any dialogue. So, no. Like, I, you know, could something change at some point? Snap of the finger? Sure. I mean, I guess a new phone call happens. A new text message re, you know, re-energizes talks. But there's nothing moving on that front. And if I'm Jalen Noel, I'm okay hitting unrestricted free agency next summer. Like, he knows he's going to play more minutes. He knows that many more teams in the league will have cap space next summer compared to this previous summer. Like he can get paid. Right. In fact, I believe one of the teams you guys would know better than I would maybe with, with who's got the cap space, but does Gerson and the Knicks, do they have cap space or at least the mid-level exception? I don't know, Darren. I, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. I don't follow the Knicks too close. <laughs> I mean, they may. I mean, I'm just saying I mean, that's one guy in the league, right? Gerson in the Knicks front office who had his fingerprints all over the Donovan Mitchell trade talks with Utah before, you right. know, Utah ultimately traded him to Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. But like Gerson, they're in New York, you know, like he's in the year of Leon Rhodes, right? And Gerson is a fan of Jalen Noel. That's not breaking news. He drafted the guy, right? He was always a big believer in Jalen Noel. Gerson, his issue wasn't, you know, uh, having an eye for talent, right? Like, no. we know some <laughs> but he knows that identify talent. He identified, or oh, maybe not, you know, Jared Culver, but he did identify everybody's got, you know, right? Yeah. So nobody bats 1,000, right? Even the best executives have, have draft picks they'd like to have back. And remember, Darius Garland was his guy. Darius Garland has turned out to be really, really good. He just didn't think Cleveland, which maybe he should have thought, but he didn't think Cleveland was going to pull the trigger on Garland at pick five. So the idea was not to take Jared Culver, but he did. And Culver ended up, you know, failing miserably. Although great kid, I'm rooting for him to, to do something, at least sticking. I believe he signed a, what, a two-way with, with Atlanta. Yep. He's with the Hawks. So I, I hope, I hope he flourishes. I hope a change of scenery really does him well, even though Memphis didn't really do him well, but like Gerson identified Jalen loves Jalen, right? That, that would just be one team, but, you know, there's going to be seven, eight, nine, ten teams with with pretty solid cap space. Teams are always looking for shooting. Teams are always looking for wing help, right? It's not always the toughest to find a point guard or, you know, a four-slash-five man. But, like, wings, teams are always looking for wings and certainly shooters. And I get it. Like, Jalen's got his warts, right? 
Like he's not, he's not a good defensive player. I still think there's growth there. I talk about Anthony taking some steps forward defensively. Jalen certainly has the athleticism too, right? But yeah, he's just, he's an A plus guy. I'll always root for him. And frankly, you know, based on the way the Wolves valued him this summer, and I get it, they need to see more, but like, I'm almost rooting for my guy Jalen to flourish elsewhere, flourish this year for the Wolves, help the Wolves prosper greatly, hopefully get to at least the second round of the playoffs. But then after that, cash out, go somewhere else come July. Gotcha. And I'm curious because all of these under the rug signings, it seems like by Tim Connolly, you have a lot of these small contracts, but there is a sense of, I think, perceived depth, especially from a lot of fans, us too. Um, Are there any guys you think are going to be surprise bubble guys on the roster who either aren't going to make the team or are going to be in Iowa that you would think would be locks? Well, I mean, I think PJ Dozier, is going to help the Wolves at some point. Now, he's still working his way back into game shape. He had the ACL surgery, the repair, back in December. So we're only talking 10 months at this point, but he has been medically cleared. Like, he's out there running five-on-five, but he's not quite there game shape-wise. So, like, he's not ready to help the Wolves next week. He's here on an Exhibit 10 contract. So there will have to be some roster gymnastics at some point. But, like, I would be surprised if P.J. Dozier doesn't eventually help the Wolves. Now, maybe it's January, February, whenever, right? But, like, that signing with Tim Connolly's history, like, I have a hard time believing. If you go back to when Denver lost to Golden State last May in the playoffs, Nikola Jokic went on the record saying how much how much they missed uh, P.J. Dozier. So, like, I just – I think he helps them at some point, but not October 19th, not October 21st. Luca Garza to me is an NBA player. You know, I just, I've always said there are more NBA players than jobs available. He's a prime example. Like Luca Garza to me is absolutely an NBA player. There's just not a job for him. Cause like, I think Nathan Knight secures the 15th roster spot. Austin Rivers on a non-guarantee, but he's going to make the team. Heck, Jalen Noel is on a non-guarantee, but we know he's going to make the team. I think Nate Knight eats up that 15th roster spot. I think something to keep an eye on this is me moral pining. I don't have any inside information on this, but Eric Pascal at media day hinted at like he looked at walking away from the game and he was talked into coming to Minnesota, you know, seeing if, if they can still light a fire there. I don't know if he's in great shape. Now I don't even know if he was ever in great shape at Villanova or with Utah or the Warriors. But, like, I wonder if a two-way eventually opens up that if Pascal on his own says, I just don't know if I want to keep doing this. Maybe maybe I'm completely wrong on that opinion. Again, let me stress, opinion. Zero inside knowledge on that. I just thought it was interesting in media day back in early October when, when he alluded to thinking about walking away this summer before the Wolves convinced him to sign. So, you know, they could always do something there you know, creating a two-way spot if you wanted to convert Dozier or Garza to a two-way. C.J. Ellaby, like C.J. Ellaby started 28 games for Portland last year, right? And I get it, Portland was a dumpster fire, but, like, you still have to be able to do something to start for an NBA team. Like, he's an NBA player in my mind. He's here on an Exhibit 10 contract. He's yet to play in a preseason game, right? So that tells you all you need to know that, you know, he's – He's not going to make the Wolves. Now it's on him. If he wants to go play in Iowa, you know, they would happily take him in Iowa. And if he's playing well in Iowa, which I would think he would dominate the G League, 
maybe he puts himself in a position depending on injuries. You know, they could always cut the court on Nate Knight later, right? That full guarantee doesn't kick in until midway through the season, right? So you could cut the court on Nate Knight in November or December if you wanted to, to add a 15th body. You know, so those are the types of things I would keep an eye on. But more immediately, you know, I'm not saying it's like 100% chance Nathan Knight makes makes the roster. I don't know at this point. But if I had to bet, I see Nathan Knight on the Wolves opening night roster October 19th. All right. So you're talking about adding a 15th body maybe in December. There was a, a report going around this summer that when I saw it, the first person I thought of was you. I, just, I wanted to ask you about this. DeMarcus Cousins. There's a lot of rumors surfacing around him and Tim Connolly. Is there is there any chance of that happening or is it a big fat zero? Well, I don't want to say big fat <laughs> zero, right? He's sitting out there like he's unemployed. It's not like he's on a roster. So like it's the same answer I give Vikings fans when they ask me, so any chance on Indomit and Sue? And I'll tell them there's no movement on anything. The Vikings told Indomit and Sue weeks ago, hey, we'll take you at the minimum. But as long as Indomit and Sue is sitting out there, I can't tell you it's 0%. So as long as DeMarcus Cousins is sitting out there, I can't tell you it's zero. I mean, it's close to zero. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, his agent, you know, reached out to many teams, including the Wolves at one point during the summer saying, hey, especially the history with Tim Connolly, you know, what about DeMarcus coming here to Minnesota? I don't sense, you know, the Wolves aren't going to hang up the phone, uh, especially because DeMarcus has a powerful agent. You're going to be respectful. I just don't ever sense like, the wolves like strongly reciprocated the interest, but sure. Like if there's an injury, you know, God forbid, if go bear goes down for, you know, four to six to eight weeks with some sort of severe knee sprain and you could use another big body, you know, maybe that's where you would cut the cord on a Nate night, you know, at six, nine and say, okay, boogie, like we need, we need the seven footer, right? We don't want to move cat back to the five full time. You know, so circumstances could dictate, you know, maybe something happening eventually. So that's why I say, you know, it's, it's more than zero. But at this point, it's not more than 2% or 3%. Uh, the Wolves certainly aren't blowing up his phone saying, hey, come on, DeMarcus, come on, Boogie. <laughs> come to Minnesota for a workout, anything like that. But, you know, Tim's got his number. Uh, Tim knows how to track him down very, very fast. So, you know, as long as he's out there, I guess, you know, the chance is always there but there's nothing percolating at this moment. Fair enough. Googie, we'll, we'll leave you off with one, one more here. We thank you so much for your time, but there, there was a, there was a picture floating around Twitter and I have to ask, I don't know if you saw the leaked Minnesota city edition jerseys, but it seems like a lot of people are up in arms about those. Is that, is there any confirmation of those, the actual jerseys or is it a big, big joke here? Well, are you talking? So in fact, my buddy, Jimmy, my social media friend, Jimmy, sent me a photo. I think he was at Dick's the other day or dumb matter. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he bought one of those jerseys. So <laughs> those jerseys are a thing. Now, I don't know if it's the city edition or if it's like some offbeat alternate. I don't know the whole background. They're, they're, they're a story because you look at the jersey, you want to puke, right? It just <laughs> It's a nasty looking jersey, right, with the colors. It's there is horrible. some sort of background. I don't know if there's a Bob Dylan hook. You know, with the mural in downtown yeah. Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. I'll ask. I may go over there Friday morning for shoot around if I do. You know, maybe I'll find somebody on the on the business side. I've always told people on social media because they ask me uniform type questions, and I get it. Like to each their own. If if you embrace, you know, what a uniform looks like, hey, 
you know, do you, I'm not going to criticize that. I just, I can't work up energy to chase down uniform information. Just not my, not my jam, but I will. I promise. All right. Boys, I, I promise basketballs. I, I will. If, <laughs> if on Friday, it's to be determined, but if I'm over there on Friday for shoot around, or maybe I'll just reach out to Ethan or Tanky or somebody like that. Cause you're not the first person to ask me about that. So I'll get the background on it, but as far as I know, yeah, that Jersey is a thing. Uh, and it is, uh, it is hideous looking. It just... <laughs> that's a, that's a good way to end it off. We appreciate the time Doogie. Don't be a stranger. Hope to see you soon. Have a good one. Yeah, we'll do it again. If you want to talk some Vikings twins, I'm not big hockey, but you know, I can <laughs> wild, but yeah, go for basketball too. So yeah, whatever you guys want, just track me down. All right. Thanks, Darren. We really appreciate it, man. Okay. Take it easy, gentlemen. Keep up the good work. Take it easy, Thanks. basketball. See ya. Yep.